We're the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The Tennessee Titans select Isaiah Wilson, tackle, Georgia. Welcome along. This is the, the Transatlantic Titans podcast, and we are back for the first time after the draft. And in true fashion, we've waited nearly a fortnight to do this. Um, so welcome, everybody. I'm, I'm Adam. I have Miles and Neil with me, kind of as usual. Uh, but we, we have a, a special guest joining us. So um, welcome to the show for the first time, Mike Herndon. Um, music city miracles fame so welcome along mike thank you guys i uh, appreciate you having me on i'm uh, looking forward to uh joining uh joining and chatting some football with you guys excellent i should i should also thank you especially yes we're in lockdown um the world isn't moving around very much as at the moment as we know but um you've just had a baby boy <laughs> so congratulations how you got the time to do this i have no idea but it's it's much appreciated <laughs> Well, look, luckily, I'm taking a, a little bit of time off uh, from work, so I've, I've only got, uh, you know, the, the baby to deal with at the moment, so I'm able to take a few minutes when he's uh, asleep and things like that. But, yeah, he's uh, he's doing great, and I appreciate the, uh, the well wishes. <laughs> uh, no problem. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, that, that times are a bit scarce as, as a result of all that. Um, sure. Yeah, we just wanted to have a, a chat about, I mean, mostly about the draft. Uh, it's... They're weird times, as, as we know, but um, the Titans, as everyone else in the NFL has done, have drafted as if there's, there's going to be a, a normal season ahead of us. Um, well, I mean, first up, how, well, how do you feel it went? I mean, perhaps a, perhaps a slightly surprising first pick uh, with Asiah Wilson, but, but arguably a first rounder in the second round. So, um, from, yeah, how did, you, how did you feel the Titans did? Yeah, so I think it was interesting. I think uh, the the word that jumps out to me about the draft for, from a Titan standpoint is fit. Uh, I think if you look at the the profiles of all of these guys, especially the the first three picks uh, in particular, they just fit pretty seamlessly in with what the Titans do offensively uh, and and defensively for Fulton. Um, so I think I think they were clearly drafting around uh, roles that they wanted and needed filled, and you know Wilson. You know, there you can debate on on the value there. I think everybody uh, would agree that he's a talented guy. Uh, he may be not as polished as some of the the first few tackles that came off the board, um, but the ceiling is absolutely Pro Bowl level player, uh, in my opinion. And you know, if you the more I've studied the guy and kind of gotten to know him over the last week since the draft, uh, the more I feel good about him reaching that ceiling. He, he's got you know the mentality and the work ethic by all reports. And, you know, his coaches his uh, you know, coaches from high school, you know, everybody that's been around this guy, you know, raves about his work ethic and, and his intelligence and his willingness to put in the, the work and that he's a student of the game. So those kind of guys, that kind of personality uh, with that kind of physical talent, uh, you know, I think t- typically makes a, uh, a pretty good combination. Excellent. And yeah, it, it caught us on the hop, I think, from the position at least. Um, drafting a tackle um but yeah a a cornerback in the second round perhaps that suggested at that point that we we maybe knew deep down that a deal wasn't going to get done for for logan ryan um and the the news has come out this week well um fulton get getting given the number 26 was the first (laughs) first i heard of 
um, Ryan leaving the building, and then he he announced it properly later on. Um, well, I mean, f- firstly, had had well, what did you make? What did you make of losing him? I mean, it's a a huge player to to be to be leaving the Titans, but I suppose on the flip sure. side, having Christian Fulton isn't a bad isn't a bad replacement. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of had the feeling that Logan Ryan was not going to be back um, when he basically came out and said his his price tag was $10 million a year, and that was kind of the number that he was looking for, uh, and he really wasn't interested in taking less than that. You know, as good as he was the last few years, and he was really good and a big part of uh, kind of the turnaround here, um, but, you know, he's 29 years old he wasn't great in coverage last year. Now he does a lot of things for them uh, that are in addition to what he brings as a a cover uh, guy in the slot. But I don't think from a cover standpoint, just purely covering uh, slot receivers, I don't know that he had a great year last year and with his foot speed, not ever really being his calling card. I think as he continues to lose steps, it's going to be harder and harder for him to play. Uh, that position. I think most likely a move to safety is probably coming in his pretty near future. Um, And obviously with the Titans pretty set there, I I just, I don't think the fit was there long-term for them uh, with him, despite kind of the cultural fit and and the fact that, you know, he did give them a lot of good uh, play over the last three years. Um, I I think the idea was always to get younger and faster in the secondary uh, to compete with the the speedy receivers of teams like the Texans and Chiefs, and I think Fulton absolutely does that. That's kind of his his calling card is his ability to stick on quicker receivers, guys like Henry Ruggs, who he uh, basically shut down when LSU played Alabama uh, earlier this year. And uh, I think he's going to be a really great fit for what the Titans want to do, and he's going to give them a an ability that they didn't have last year to really kind of play some press man coverage and have have that help the defensive line get to the quarterback a little bit more because that takes away a lot of those easy quick throws that teams like, you know, the Chiefs and Texans love to eat you up on. Um, And I think the Titans are going to be a different looking secondary because of that. Okay. And up up front, I mean, the edge has been seen as a a, a need for the Titans. Um, Yes. Um, Murchison in the fifth round was drafted as as an edge guy, but um, Vic v, Vic Beasley's also been picked up. Um, there's a bit of a hole there still, don't you think? <laughs> like a, a Jadavian Clowney size hole? Yeah, sort of uh, number number ninety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I think so. I, he still makes a ton of sense for the Titans to me, and, and vice versa. I think the Titans make a ton of sense for him. Um, you know, the hit, the reporting around his free agency has been kind of all over the place. You know, it's 18 million, it's 20 million, it's 15 million, it's 13 million. You know, it's kind of jumped all over depending on who you listen to and, and what teams are involved at what moment. But, um, I think, you know, ultimately the Titans have admitted that they want him and, and would have interest in adding him to the team. And I think, uh, it makes a ton of sense for him to be here, especially knowing the defense and with the shortened off season, you know. Seattle or, or Tennessee really are the two teams that I think make sense from Clowney's standpoint. So I, I, I don't know. I, it seems to me more likely that he ends up here than not. And if he does, that is now a super talented, super <laughs> athletic front with him and Beasley and Landry, who are all just kind of freak athletes in their own right. If you were a betting man, 
Um, well, first, firstly, do you think the deal should get done if it were up to you and he, and and you had to pay, say, twenty million? Um, would you, if you were John in John Robinson's shoes, would you do it? And secondly, do you, do you think he will? Twenty million might be tough now, just because where they are, where they're at from a cap standpoint, that would put them. You know, even if they were able to finagle a few things, that would put them pretty tight against the cap and and not very flexible for in season moves or if somebody gets late, you know, hurt late in training camp, kind of like the Jonathan Cyprian, uh, Kenny Vaccaro situation a couple years ago. Um, it, it limits their flexibility there. But if they could get him somewhere around 15 million, which I think ultimately is probably closer to where that number settles, I would absolutely do it. I, I think the Titans are a win now team. I think the offense. Uh, is stable, is performing really well at the end of last year. They've got all kinds of pieces in place on offense. And the defense could use probably one more talented front seven piece, and Clowney is the perfect fit for that. And I think if you add him, you've kind of got a a really complete, well-rounded football team that could contend for a Super Bowl this year. So I I think he's worth it from that standpoint. I think you go for it, try to win now, and and then – They've got plenty of cap room next year. They can they can always finagle things and regroup if it doesn't work out for whatever reason. But I say you swing for the fences and and go get him. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I can't. I think one of the worst things you can do. Like I, I could understand it if you're a say a, a Bengals or a Dolphins or a, or a team trying to rebuild. Um, you're thinking further ahead. But the worst thing we could do right now would be leave significant unspent cap. Um, in in my yeah. opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, what about the rest of the draft? I mean, start well, starting with Darrington Evans in round three. Um, obviously, big Derek. Uh, it's a big year for him. Uh, we don't know what's what's going to happen longer term with him. Um, nice pick, I thought for yeah the sta- the, the stage of the draft. Um, what do you think of Evans coming out? Yeah, he's he's super exciting to watch. I think I think he's going to be a fan favorite for Titans fans. Um, extremely fast. He's got that breakaway home run speed. You know, he's not Chris Johnson fast, but you know, realistically, nobody is. Uh, <laughs> but he's not that far off of that. That that's kind of the stylistically. That's the guy he reminds me of. Uh, and and he's going to be a one cut guy that's going to get into the open field. And I think he's going to bring some value on kicker turns too. He had three. Uh, kick return touchdowns in his college career, one in each season that he played uh, at Appalachian State. So he's got some experience and some explosiveness there. And I think he's he's going to give them an element uh, in the screen game and on third downs that Deion Lewis just struggled to fill uh, the last couple of years. And uh, he, <laughs> the, the speed difference between Deion Lewis and Darrington Evans is going to be remarkable. I, I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch this fall. He hasn't well, he's he's ahead of Dion Lewis in the fact he hasn't blocked most of the Titans fans in this podcast. I don't think <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, he seems to be, and that's that's another cool thing. He seems to be very interactive on Twitter and stuff like that with the fans, and he's uh, he seems like a good guy. Excellent. Um, any any others that stuck out for you? Obviously, Cole McDonald. Um, I don't know if he's off from Hawaii. Um, yeah. good-looking guy. Obviously, we we like yeah. signing. Good-looking guys from Hawaii, uh, but yeah, is is he going to back up Ryan Tannehill, um, or do or yeah, do we need to get a veteran guy in to do that? My guess is it ends up being him versus Woodside. I, you know, they could bring okay. in a veteran, yeah. but ultimately, I think it is going to be 
uh, a kind of one-on-one duel between those two guys. And I think they feel pretty good about Woodside, honestly. Um, so uh, McDonald to me is super fun, like kind of like Evans, uh, except Evans is going to contribute right away. Obviously McDonald is not, but McDonald is going to make for some really fun end of preseason games. Uh, if we do get a preseason, of course. Um, but he is super exciting. He's got a really weird delivery that he's working on, kind of cleaning up um, with the, the Titans coaches right now. And I think he's been training with Jordan Palmer, uh, who's kind of a known QB guru um, out in Arizona with, I think it's him and Joe Burrow and a few other of the, the draft candidates uh, that were coming out. Um, and he's been working to kind of retool that motion. And I think that's going to be key for him to actually have success, but athletically uh, mindset, fearless player, there's a lot to work with there. And I think as a long-term project that you can grab in the seventh round, I think that's a great pick for the Titans. I mean, worst case scenario is he doesn't work out. You're not able to get the mechanics fixed. And, and that ultimately holds him back from being accurate enough at the NFL level. Uh, to really become a quality backup. But best case scenario, you do kind of get to see some progression in his accuracy and, and mechanics, and you see a guy that's got a full tool set to really be a potential starter long-term, um, which is interesting. So I think in the seventh round, you're throwing darts anyways. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I, can't, uh, I can't imagine a, a – more high upside dart than than Cole McDonald. So I I'm a big fan. If nothing else, he's just going to make the preseason exciting. So and, and I like that. <laughs> well, anything to help make the preseason exciting. I yes, mean, absolutely. It's there's there's always there always guys that you see look flashy, aren't there? That you know you're never going to see um, in the, in the 16 weeks of the regular season. That's I mean, right. we saw it. I mean, the Logan Woodside just to touch on. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen enough of him to really have confidence that he's he's necessarily going to be not big enough to be number two. Um, maybe you have. I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm super confident in him, honestly. I mean, if, if Tannehill was to get hurt today, you know, I wouldn't feel confident going into the season with him as the, the starter by any means. Um, but I think the coaches do like him more than – maybe the the fan base does right now, just simply because we haven't seen much of him. I mean, the guy played it, uh, I believe is uh, Toledo um, in college, you know, not exactly a, a hotbed of uh, college football. And he put up good numbers there. He had a stint in the AAF. He, he's done the preseason stuff the last couple of years and looked pretty good last preseason, um, which was encouraging. But I think the coaching staff has always been really complimentary of him and his, his, work ethic in the building and, and his studying and you know he was seen uh, I think he had gotten Johnny Smith and Corey Davis together to throw some this offseason and kind of organized a couple workouts even before uh, Tannehill got signed so um, very interesting you know to kind of see and hear those kind of comments from the coaching staff I think that kind of gives us a hint that maybe that he could be in their eyes ready to be that number two guy. Okay, I mean it's 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 difficult, I know, um, but looking ahead to the season, if and when it happens, if and when whether it's in front of stadiums full of fans or not, um, how how do you see it going? If you uh, if you were going to predict, do an Adam Rank and and predict a, an end of season <laughs> record for the Titans, where would you where would you stick it? 
Well, Stick I, it. Iron, ironclad guarantee it won't be 313. So, um, <laughs> unlike uh, Mr. Rank, but the uh, I, I don't know. I think they're a contender. Uh, I think they should be, you know, in you never know what to expect now that the Colts have Phillip Rivers. Um, they've, you know, added a good running back in Jonathan Taylor. They've got that good offensive line and a solid defense. They're not going to be a, a cakewalk, but they're also probably not a, a true Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I, I think it's Titans, Texans, and I think the Titans have gotten better or at least maintained their current level uh, while the Texans have gotten worse, in my opinion, just, just based off of losing DeAndre Hopkins alone, if nothing else. Um, so I think it's the Titans division. They should be considered favorites. Um and I'd be disappointed with anything, honestly, less than 10 and six at this point. I mean, we've seen nine and seven for four straight years. It's time to get over that <laughs> 10 win hump and uh, maybe win a division and get some home playoffs game, playoff games in Nashville. Yeah, that sounds good to good to me. Um, and and it would be yeah, it's not going to happen this year. We know that. Um, but it would be nice for uh, another game over here in the UK, maybe 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I wish I'd gone to the one uh, that that they played over there a couple of years ago against the Chargers. Um, but I just I couldn't make it. I've been to uh, I've been to London uh, once and loved it, um, and I'm dying to go back again. But uh, maybe next time they they head over there, I can uh, bring the family over and uh, catch it. Sounds good. We'll definitely be there to there to buy you a beer. Um, much <laughs> much appreciate your time and. You, you might have got out of changing a nappy or diaper, I should say, in the few minutes we've been, Hopefully we've so. been speaking. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to plug any of, obviously, your F-Words podcast, which isn't what you think it is. Um, do you want to plug any of those <laughs> Twitter handles or blogs or podcasts? Sure, sure. Yeah, you can check out all my work on uh, musicteammiracles.com, obviously. Um, so, uh, Twitter handle, I'm always on there, uh, at Mike Miracles on Twitter. And then uh, the F words podcast, uh, football and other F words, um, we get a, we get on there and do mostly Titans talk, but uh, you know we just we just kind of like to have fun and uh, mix it up a little bit. But it's at F words pod on Twitter if you want to. Uh, Zach is the guy that's managing uh, that account and running it, so I if he gets into it with you on on Twitter, don't blame me. It's not me I'm running that. <laughs> well, your your own Twitter your own Twitter account's a great follow. It, I found you. You know, during the draft, it's like you've got you've got outlets directly from the team. Obviously, you've got Jim Wyatt and guys like that who are who are great, but you know they they can't say anything before it's officially announced. Sometimes, so you've sure. you need guys like yourself who know what they're talking about. Um, it's it was really useful in amongst the draft. You know, I don't watch all that much college football, so having having guys like you to follow is is invaluable. So we appreciate that. And as I say, your your time right now. So yeah, thanks thanks so much for coming on, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I enjoy the show and uh, love to uh, love to talk talk football with you guys. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, that was as Mike Herndon, as you heard. Um, now it's Neil Donahoe and Miles Terry with me. <laughs> They've been here the whole time, but have been awfully polite. So yes. Uh... In, in, in a world of uncertainty of what's going on, I'm certain he would beat me in a Titans quiz. <laughs> <laughs> if only he had more time, that would have been a, a lot of fun. Doing that. Oh, I wouldn't have been a parent, I can promise you that. <laughs> but yeah. that was, it, it's great to hear such, uh, such knowledge, isn't it? Um, 
obviously to get someone who's so close to the the squad and yeah I really enjoyed that and didn't want to interrupt <laughs> yeah uh, good insight from somebody who uh, obviously knows quite a bit more about college football than we do as well so and uh, I've read Music City Miracles for literally years yeah, uh, yeah. years and years um, always been a, a decent source of information and opinion as well they, they write some good stuff don't they um, shall, we, shall we talk about the Jadavian Clowney thing um, in a bit more detail because you know, this, this to me, it's not, it's not going to make or break the Titans, but it just, it would, it just feels like the last building block to give us everything in theory that we should need to be able to get to where we, we can get to. I like a, yeah, every other position I'm sort of happy with now. Can we please get it done somehow? I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm hoping you two can just tell me. Oh no, it's just been announced or something. But um, in the, in the meantime, <laughs> no, no, so fuck off. But yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, I think as it stands, the the roster today, if you're if you're gonna predict a final fifty-three, um, we are still a contender, and we have still got a defense that is gonna cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. But I think we are lacking just that X factor and I, I said it all last year um, I think Simmons could be that in time um, but I think outside at, at the moment as it stands I think we're relying on a rotation a three or four man rotation of pass rushers and I think if you could get Clowney in there uh, to pin his ears back and just basically wreck the field yeah, um, yeah. On, on most downs I think it would take a, a very strong defence up to a, a, another level Mike obviously made the point as well that the change in personnel in the secondary can indirectly affect the pressure that you can you can bring. Where you, yeah, you take take away the the short throws, and make the make the opposition's QB have to hold onto the ball for a bit longer. It gives gives these guys a bit more chance to cause havoc. Yeah, I mean, yeah, may, maybe by the time we put this podcast out, something's been announced. Who knows? But. Um... <laughs> It would be fingers crossed fingers crossed uh, um, <laughs> the way we the way we drafted and the way it's all sort of been panning out it just it just all feels feels too good really to me and i, I think it's a matter of time I, I i really do it's the the idea of simmons and Clowney on the same field <laughs> along with everyone else gets me more excited than the idea of a kfc right now with everything that's been going on uh, which is, <laughs> and to be honest, I'm super excited at the idea that's, of that. That's big but, um, talk. That's, that's oh, quite lofty heights. I know. That's it's like Liverpool not winning the league. Anyway, Titans podcast. Um, but <laughs> the, it's just opposition offensive coordinators have to gain plan for players like Clowney. And they will look at the tape from last year and see what Simmons could do with Laundry getting to the quarterback. But when you're adding someone who, yeah, he hasn't had a 10 sack season yet. But there is no doubt at all in how much talent he has. He's had a few injuries, but he's a game wrecker. He is exactly what our defence needs. If we want to do that next push from last year, if we're playing, God forbid, if we play against Mahomes again, but if we have Clowney on that defence, it is a completely different game. And I feel like basically swapping the equivalent of maybe Casey for Clowney, and then we switched uh, by getting Fulton in, who's a bit speedier over Logan Ryan, it's it's an upgrade on the defense and it's a big upgrade on the defense, which I feel we really need. And 
yeah, like I said, fingers crossed by the end of this podcast, there's at least been some form of, you know, maybe another um, Madden released photo of Clowney in a Titans jersey. <laughs> I love those. Some, I, I clinged on to that for weeks. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't mean um, to be uh, derogatory about, like, sort of saying we're, we're going to rely on a rotation of guys either, because I think Landry Beasley, Correa, and, and some of the deeper roster guys would actually get you a total of sacks equal to having two stud pass rushers. But I just think the difference that Clowney makes as far as he'll be double teamed, which will, will take men away from likes of Simmons, likes of Daquan Jones. And I just think like things like the pick six he had last year, which is just a ridiculously athletic player for somebody at that position. And the, the attributes that he has are like a rare, that they're not something that, come on the free agent market that often and, and even if it's only a one year rental I think it's just something that we should I'm not saying break the bank but it's something that should, we should be exploring with all our might so to speak Yeah, I mean the, the off-season narrative was Tannehill Henry, Conklin Ryan, they, they've all got big deals coming up and we're going to have two of the four of them so that, that to me says that we should be spending some cash and we have got we've got we've got some room. Um, one thing we didn't mention with Mike was um, the one year option for Corey Davis. So that hasn't been hasn't been taken up. Um, it's going to be a big year for him. I think it's it caused some debate in our in our chat on on WhatsApp um, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we, yeah, we didn't all necessarily agree with each other about Corey Davis, but mm. it's. Yeah, he's another year in. It'll be year four. Have I got my maths right? Yeah, it'll be his fourth year, won't it? So, um, yeah, while he hasn't set the world alight, um, he's now opposite AJ Brown, who has set the world alight, quite frankly. Um, that, to me, I I can see a big year from him. You know, wh- whether or not that leads him to be become a Titan long-term, I don't know. But if defences are are going to give him a bit more space and pay more, pay AJ Brown a bit more attention. Where do you guys stand on Corey Davis? Um, I was, I don't know with me, Corey Davis, I think because of where we drafted him, I'm always disappointed <laughs> that he doesn't lead the league every year in yards. But I mean, last year he'd done some really key blocks. It's not just, as, as, yes, he's a receiver. He's going to catch touchdowns and catch yardage, but, he did do some pretty key blocks last year, and I completely agree with the idea that because of AJ Brown, he's going to get more attention. Johnny Smith is going to get more attention, and it's going to be a full well, whatever the off season ends up being. He is going to have a full off season with Tannehill. Um, whether they can build a form of chemistry, which you saw at stages last year, that there were there were flashes of, oh, okay, this looks a bit good, but. I can see completely why they haven't taken the option on him, but I I, I think I'm with you. I can see the, the potential there being a big year. There's only so many players that a defence can stop. And if you're, they're going to be having extra men on Derek Henry because they know what he can do, and extra men on Brown, it, the fear is there that all he's got to do is show a bit of that first-round talent that we thought he had, and we could be getting something out of him. So although I've been... Slightly disappointed in the four years he's been with us. Um, listen, he's got a, he's got his fifth year option now to to prove to us that he's he's worth a contract and he's worth hope keeping on, and maybe that'll give him the push to 
prove it. Yeah. Neil, you're not uh you've not been, should I say, Corey Davis's biggest fan in the chats we've had offline, but <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I should just like obviously I need to preface with with the fact that I do think Corey Davis is a good player. And I have all, I've always thought Corey Davis is a good player. I just think when, when you're drafting at fifth overall, and I think it was a lesson that John Robinson learned, he's kind of drafted for need there because we were crying out for a weapon to to help Mariota at the time. And I think we've drafted for need and took a wide receiver that is the back end of the first round, top end of the second round talent, fifth overall, because we were the best in that class. And while I, while I don't think you should anchor him to that draft position for his entire career, I think we need to draft smarter at wide receiver. I think we need to to look at the attributes that we need or we think we need and try and polish up his attributes that is perhaps not as strong at. Um, whereas we've, we've took a, a guy who athletically excellent, a little rough around edges when he came out, but we've took him fifth overall and you're looking at previous years at players like Julio Jones, AJ Green, Sammy Watkins, who are all you know top-class wide receivers. So while I think it's a no-brainer that they didn't exercise the fifth year, because that would have paid him something like 15 million, um, I also think it's it's pretty certain that this will be his last year in Tennessee as well. Because if he has another season where he's seven, eight hundred yards and five, six touchdowns, and mainly contributing on the blocking end I don't think Tennessee will re-sign him and if he has a year where he fulfills his, his fifth overall potential he'll be too expensive for us mm. as far as he'll want top money and somebody else will pay that It's hard to argue with that logic um, Yeah, it's. I, I just have the view I think sometimes we get fixated on someone's draft position and yeah, I, I, well, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, uh, he on the face of it, isn't a fifth overall pick from what his production has been. But if you flip it and say we drafted a Dory Jackson at five and Davis lower down the first round, actually to me that doesn't look too bad. Yeah, if you look, if you look at the whole, the whole picture. So it's we've we've got to judge things on where they are now. And I think you're exactly right with what you say that it's it's up to Davis if Davis has a rip-roaring year he get, he gets too expensive and might go elsewhere and if he doesn't then he's probably done in Tennessee anyway so it's just just one of those one of those things unfortunately I mean it's not it's not Laquan Treadwell <laughs> by any stretch of imagination but it's not Julio Jones either it's kind no, of somewhere no. somewhere murkier <laughs> but, but that that's that's what I mean like about the the pick is say he'd been Another way of looking at it, say we picked him up in the fourth or fifth round and we've seen what we've seen from him, we'd all be pretty happy and it'll be a, the money would be different and all the rest of it. This is this is where it can look a, look all a bit lopsided and, and sometimes screw teams over a little bit. Um, but yeah, as you say, we picked him five overall, so I guess we've got a lie in that bed. So. I mean, I think I think Tajay Shah's a good example of what I, what I was, was speaking about where they liked some of yeah, his yeah. attributes enough to take him in the fifth round. And then we've improved him over two or three seasons or whatever. And then for some reason, we didn't re-up with him, which I think, we're a, I'm not saying it's a huge mistake, but I think we should have. I think we should have put more, invested more time and effort into to bringing him on. Whereas I think 
that could be a better route to go with wide receivers in the future. Maybe look in the third or fourth, find some attributes that you do like, and then try and polish the rest of his game. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, any any other Titans related talking points? I mean, we will obviously finish with uh, with some non Titans related. <laughs> um, I can't imagine what we've all got to rant about at the moment, but you know, here we here we are. Um, for me personally, I don't know how much of it you guys saw of the draft, um, but I was incredibly fortunate to to be in the inner circle, as as you've probably seen. Um, day two, so I, I did my shift on the Friday night, so day two started at midnight our time, I think it was, and and lasted until about half past five in the morning or thereabouts. Um, I'm not used to working nights. Neil, you are. You know, you, you're more <laughs> seasoned to it, maybe. But so, yeah, had to. Well, I say this like it's it it's some sort of chore. Of course, it's not. It was a phenomenal privilege, and um, just to be noticed, recognised by the team, and asked to do something like that, I'm incredibly grateful, and it's fantastic. So you, we got yeah a bit of insight in. So sort of not behind the scenes of the draft, but you you realise, for example, that when you see Roger Goodell on your TV screen at home, it's actually Roger Goodell, best part of a minute ago. Um, so, yeah. re- reason being, I guess, so all the media outlets need to need to know who the pick is in advance to get all their graphics, get the TV producer director to to go to the right place and do whatever they need to do. Um, so. Yeah, we we had a draft rehearsal, but that that's was sort of more cosmetics and making sure every, everyone had a, the right background and no dodgy signs and or corporate logos in the in the screen that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, draft night. So you we logged on at sort of eleven p.m. and you've got a TV guy in in your ear the whole time, well, in everyone's ear. You know, the fans fans of every team. And there's 15 Titans fans to fit the fit the screen when it's their turn. And but you watch, it's like a Skype call or a Zoom, it was a Zoom call, but some NFL software, I think. So you see on your screen the draft sort of as as it is. Then I've got my TV on mute in the background, and even though I'm streaming on a laptop, that's ahead of the TV. Um, and the guy in my ear is saying, okay. It's okay, Bengals fans, you've picked such and such. Um, Roger's going to announce it in a minute. Get ready to cheer. It's it's really interesting seeing sort of how, yeah, obviously I don't see how it all worked, but you get a sense of just how much goes into the TV production of a draft anyway, regardless of the fact that this this wasn't a normal draft, this was a, a virtual draft and you've got, I don't. I dread to think how many different cameras in people's houses or offices or yeah, fans in their living rooms do, doing this. How the how the NFL put all that stuff together is I've no idea, but it's phenomenally impressive. Um, as it transpired, the second round pick, um, some technical issues meant that I I didn't appear on the second round pick, and there's a big Tennessee Titans logo where I should have been. Um, I'm still not sure what what happened there. So that that would have been about quarter past half past two a.m. our time, 
Um, so, okay, I'm going to hang on. It's going to happen for the third round, and it did happen in the third round. So you, all the all the excitements for 10 seconds of seeing myself looking really silly <laughs> and not trying to cheer as loud as I can at half past four in the morning um, try, <laughs> with a half a mind on not waking the family up and half a mind of, well, when else am I going to do this? Um, it's such a it's such a strange thing. I just felt so lucky, lucky, privileged to to be able to do it. And as if as if I'd somehow done them a favour, the Titans sent me a a gift card or get a, a voucher for the the Titans online store today as a as a little thank you. So yeah, I couldn't be more in love with my team. You can probably tell. I'm going to stop now. Yeah, I don't know if I was to blame for you being cut out of the pitch. I was in your actual uh, back window holding up a booing Roger Goodell sign. <laughs> uh, that, that might have been something to do with it. <laughs> oh, so there were quite, there were a few iffy, iffy, t- yeah, homemade signs that people were told to to move, which was quite interesting. And um, they, yeah, the NFL wanted the yeah, clap for, um, I've forgotten how they worded it. Um, cheer for, yeah. Thank you, essential workers. I think so. So yeah, thank, like we'd have thank you NHS over here, or thank you, um, yeah, key workers. I've lost lost the the word for it. Um, so a few signs like that, which they were obviously happy with. Um, but a few where people, there was one guy, I think it was a Vikings fan who had the initials of ESPN, and it was like a, essential services programming, net, something like that. I said, no, you can't have that. Um, and there are a couple of teams that they got. I don't know if it was Roger Goodell's idea, um, but okay, it was. I think the Jets fans did it, and so okay, we're coming to you, Jets fans, in a minute. Um, we'd like you to boo Roger Goodell, uh, <laughs> which was quite amusing, um, and it didn't quite work as planned. So they were like, okay, we're going to come in. We want sort of 15, 20 seconds of you booing Roger Goodell. And then he's going to sort of wave you down and then announce the pick. And then you start cheering, but you could tell the booing carried on longer than it was supposed to. <laughs> um, That's just because uh, everyone this... wanted to boo. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I think they were behaving themselves just to, like all the, the lag of streaming and stuff. But Oh, yeah, all, all sorts of gremlins behind the scenes, I'm sure. But I think as a as a TV production, it all it all looked quite good, and the, the draft as a spectacle, while it wasn't the same as it was certainly last year when it was in Nashville and everything looked incredible. But I think it was pretty watchable. And I yeah, mean, I agree think... with that. It was definitely watchable. It was sent to floor really quickly. Yeah, um, less pomp and circumstance, I suppose. Especially on on the first night, um, I found it. I, I'm not. I think those guys obviously deserve to get on the stage in front of fans and fans of the new teams and shake commissioner's hand and get the jersey. That's all yeah. part and parcel of it. But from a spectator point of view, it was pretty much just hard info from uh, from the guys that you want to listen to. We're dispensing with all that pomp and circumstance. I think it was a better experience for the people sat at home. It's probably more. Yeah, more time for information. Yeah. And, and, and it, film, college film and stuff for the players. Yeah, that's true. I don't believe for one minute that that was Jerry Jones's yacht either. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, <laughs> convinced you are in the Cowboys Village thing <laughs> with, uh, with all the usual facilities. Um, try and get a leg up on the competition. There's no way that were a yacht. It looked more like a, a space rocket. Well, if we're going to talk about people's settings and backgrounds, how about Mike Brabel? 
And, yeah. Uh, I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to think I don't know how much of it is deliberate. So I mean, firstly, his his kid with the mullet looks amazing, and he's like a mini Mike Vrabel. Um, I you could just see him playing for the Titans in three or four years somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but it, and it then looked the guy... like uh, it looked like you were glamping at Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just amazing! And the the guy who the, the behind the glass looked like he's sat on the throne <laughs> he must, he must have known that, that was he was there or it would look like that I, I can't believe that was an accident well maybe it would have been classic if Derek was sat on the throne <laughs> <laughs> oh they so got in a lot of trouble for social distancing and yeah breaking yeah. lockdown for that I suppose yeah um yeah I, I mean yeah, I think the I'm pretty happy with the the Titans draft and how everything went. Um, sounds like sounds like you guys are largely, and uh, and Mike was as well. Um, but yeah, let's let's finish with some non-Titans related. Um, Miles, I'm just picking a name at random. Any uh, anything um, to get chest? <laughs> it's not so much. It, it's like a, a thank you to for. A, company that doesn't deserve a thank you, I guess. We were trying I was trying to think beforehand. There's got there's got to be stuff that I can talk about other than just being thankful for sleeping all day and watching TV. And I I, I really don't want to have to find negatives in these situations because we've been so good at finding the positives. And I had a look over in my room, which I'm now looking at and I'm glad that no one listening can actually see a video of what I'm looking at, which is my bin. And in my bin must be about four or five tubs of different uh, Ben and Jerry's ice creams. <laughs> and it's it's in in light of everything that's been going on, I've discovered that my snack game of buying different things which I've never had before, I'm I'm at the point now where I feel like I actually need to produce a spreadsheet where I'm gonna put down everything that I'm eating and score out of ten on the different senses because yeah, I've eaten far too much ice cream. Maybe it's because the weather's nice. And again, I'm not gonna complain that we're having nice weather. Um but yeah, I just wanted to basically comment on my um how much I appreciate the uh, the the snacks of the world. <laughs> Have you tried? Uh, is it Netflix and chill? Oh yes, that's, that's one of them. That's a right. That's a fine flavor. Yes, yes, very flavor. good. I was saying at the moment the top of the elite, and it's not just Ben and Jerry's, but strawberry cheesecake Hagen dazs to me was always like elite ice cream. But then I'm I'm slowly discovering more and more where it's like you know what, I I haven't found a bad one yet, and I'm. My my uh my my diabetes is probably on its way, along with my chocolate egg cereal. Uh, <laughs> no, nobody yeah. came back to me about that. Uh, was it just me? <laughs> the the offer still stands. If we can get a picture of you eating a bowl of cocoa pops out of a half a chocolate Easter egg as a bowl, then I'll send you something. And that yep. that still that still stands. It'd be harder since more time has passed after Easter. Um, <laughs> If you're you're talking about, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I mean, it's as weird as it sounds. I don't have a lot, lot to moan about. I mean, we all know what's going on in the world. Um, I don't. I'm not not going to reiterate um, what we're all thinking at this point. But other than to say, if you're if you've turned to ice cream, um, I'm going to be open and honest and say that I've probably drunk more alcohol than 
at other times. Um, it's not not because I've turned to the the booze. Um, I should point out um, more that it's just something that you know it's a quality over quantity thing, largely. Um, I don't want to make myself sound, sound too pompous here, but you know, it's, it's something that I I enjoy, like a really nice beer or a really nice glass of wine, and it's something that hasn't been taken away from us. A lot of stuff's been taken away from us lately. Um, and, yeah, there's been some enjoyable things. You know, I've, I've spent, I've probably done more exercise on the flip side. I've definitely done more exercise. Um, I'm making the most of the, the one exercise a day and, you know, that, and mixing it up, you know, bike rides with kids, um, going out for a run, walks, whatever. And just been, it's been not, a, not all bad, I should say. Um, but, yeah, the different buying habits that we've had um, as, as a result mm-hmm. of all this. So we've had supermarket deliveries. We've been to the supermarket as well, but tried to get deliveries where we can. Um, and yeah, ordering ordering alcohol online as well. So thanks to Adnams for keeping me going, mainly. <laughs> I think uh, I read a tweet the other day which just about summed up something. I was thinking like, my morning coffee and my first beer are getting closer together. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, yeah, that's perfect. Um, oh, co- coffee's another thing. We, I bought my wife a Nespresso machine for Christmas, and that's the best present I've ever got myself. Elite, um, <laughs> totally elite. The timing of that has been perfect. And we just, had, yeah, a, have... we had a Dolce Gusto once, and people kept telling me Nespresso's better, Nespresso's better. I didn't believe them, but when I actually got my Nespresso machine, yeah, far better. <sighs> I actually want a virtual as well, so we can have the the double up. So okay. I, can have a, I can have a short drink and a long drink as well. <laughs> yeah, this this one does. They're different. Oh, I don't. I don't want to get into capsule sizes, and well, maybe I do. A part of me does. Love um, some <laughs> some coffee talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't bother with cloud. No, I've been. Uh... <laughs> I've been doing more exercise, but it's mainly just been going backwards and forwards to the fridge. Uh, <laughs> I was half tempted to do a sponsorship with the rate. I reckon I've done a good marathon a day. Um, but no, I know that's what I've picked up on my exercise. <laughs> you got a Fitbit because they count. All those steps count. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And like I'm I should oh I was gonna say I'm probably doing like lifting weights with the beer up and drinking as well. So all in all it's a good workout. <laughs> I actually heard I suggested to my missus like uh, the school that my daughter goes to it's a special school and it's a private school so they're always looking for funding and fundraising and blah 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 and I thought anyway I saw this site that were doing 24 hour marathons and things and you could get sponsored and I thought yeah I could watch like 24 hours of wrestling and get sponsored and raise money for paces and I like I thought the idea in the end I thought that's brilliant I could do that easily then I put it to my missus and she just like clipped my wings, just totally took wind out of my sails, almost laughed at me. And I was just like, all right, I'll, I'll get back in my box now. Um, probably something I wouldn't have thought about doing if we weren't locked in elves. <laughs> there's Tom, there's Tom, Captain Tom Moore doing whatever, could, yeah. how many kilometers of his garden. And then there's Neil watching wrestling. Well, <laughs> Maybe, maybe. What about <laughs> watching wrestling for twenty four hours with Captain Tom Moore? I think, I think he'd be. On board. <laughs> and make a, oh, he looks uh, like a wrestling fan. Make a podcast <laughs> out of it. 
<laughs> I, well, I thought it'd be dead easy. Like I, on Star Wars Day, I thought, oh, I'm going to watch all 11 films. I got through five, and I literally couldn't bear the thought of watching anything else. <laughs> and I love Star Wars, but I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I watched all Mandalorian on Star Wars Day from start to finish. <laughs> I was at the time I tried to do some versus going back uh, 20 years, but tried to do uh, all episodes of Blackadder in a weekend. And it's like one of the funniest thing, one of my favorite programs ever. Mm-hmm. And by by sort of halfway through the third series, if I ever, if I see if I see Rowan Atkinson again, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I might regret. It's just <laughs> <laughs> you can you can definitely have too much of a good thing. <laughs> um, right? Are we yeah. Should we? I'm not sure if we covered what you wanted to talk about, Neil. In, so I've got a, I've got an on Titans and it's just a, a quick one really. Um, it's kind of along lines of probably something that Harry would say I think. But, <laughs> um, I'm cleaning both my cars today, so for some reason that Renault Clio keeps appearing on this podcast, but it, it's not related to that. I was cleaning both cars. A Renault sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're welcome to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's listening. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I got my jet wash and soaping my cars up and <clears throat> cleaning my wheels and doing everything you do when you're washing cars. I mean, as soon as car washes open back up, those things will be going in shed forever. But <laughs> um, why, why, why can't somebody walk past without saying, "Are you gonna do mine next?" <laughs> <laughs> I am why? that person, by the way. Why is it impossible <laughs> for somebody to just walk past without acknowledging the fact that you're washing your car and asking you to clean theirs? It happened three times. There are cert- there are certain jokes that are just out there that are so predictable that people can't help themselves saying anyway. Like, that yeah, you, you must, get, when they you get must a taxi, know. Yeah. Oh. You say been busy. It's but, just, uh, <laughs> just you just yeah. have to say it. My dad, <laughs> my dad bought me a, a like a car cleaning kit. Christmas and he like he like came in the front door and he like shoved it into my hands. Yeah, you'll probably not use it, but I bought you that. <laughs> I never never have washed car. So I text my dad saying I've used that car kit today. And he texts back saying, Come and do mine next. Oh. <laughs> so I'm counting that as three. <laughs> Two passerbys and my dad and my dad on text. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. It's been good to get together again. Um, thanks, thanks again to to Mike for for jumping on. Um, yeah, great to get great to get his insight into our draft. So hopefully you'll agree this podcast was worth the wait. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back again soon. The next well, the next time we get bored or we feel like we've got something to talk about, let's yeah, let's not commit to anything. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's good to good to chat some Titans with with you guys as ever. Um, um, and sorry to sorry to Brian who had to miss out on this at the last last minute. He was looking forward to looking forward to a chat with Mike as well. So I'm sure it can happen again another time. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, um, tighten up everybody, and we'll be back soon. Tighten up. Tighten up.